Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. the episode. Today, David and I are going inside the episode titled Know Thyself. Loving knowing thyself. You yes. know yourself pretty well, don't you? Kind of. Hang out with yourself a lot? A lot. I hang out with myself a lot too. Sometimes it's not comfortable, but today it's going to be. because <laughs> I'm with days. You. you can guide me through it. There are days. Well, this could also be called the Vernon Howard episode because that's kind of where you're pulling this teaching from. And uh, Vernon Howard was a huge influence in your growth. I've got a few Vernon Howard booklets that are over here on, on my side is kind of like a little prop. But um, what is it about Vernon Howard's materials that stands out to you most? Well, the, the interesting thing about Howard was that he created, he had some materials that when you would read them, at least for me, you would instantly see yourself in them. And I was reading them to actually understand the behavior of other people. Um, and when I started going through his treasure box of higher learning, I actually started seeing my own behavior very specifically for the first time. And what was really interesting about that was that there was so much of it that I learned about myself going through those little booklets that he created. It, it really helped me uncover things that I didn't know were there because I didn't see them. I just didn't see them. But I didn't know was that I was seeing them in other people. And he helped me see them in myself. So the biggest thing that I owe him a debt of gratitude to was really learning more about behaviors, ways of thinking, judgments that were inside of myself that I just had no clue were there. And I'm, I mean, I can remember the first couple times that it happened and I was reading these books because I was, I was, uh, I had a relationship with somebody that I was trying to understand and I was trying to figure out why this person was doing the things that they were doing. And that's when I started to discover things that I was doing that I didn't even know that I was doing. So it was a big deal for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm looking at these little books. And another thing I like about Howard's work, because I'd never heard of him until obviously I yeah. met you, was that they're, they're really written to a place where you can, anyone can understand them. It's not like, so. cause you're really good at breaking down um, some of these esoteric texts yeah. and, and making them make sense to people such as myself. But for Howard, he does write at a level that makes it easy to understand. And some of the titles in this little box, you know, you know, how to see through people, how to be safe in a dangerous world, yeah. how to, you know, I love this one, your power to say no. Like sometimes I'll just pull one of these books out at random and flip to a page and just read it. Cause it's also numbered a lot. Yes. A lot of his books, are numbered. So it's really, uh, it's some pretty powerful stuff. And I'm glad you did teach on Vernon Howard for this episode, because that leads us to the title, which is clearly Know Thyself, which is the maxim in the title of where we're going today. Uh, you said when you know yourself and you're not living a lie, you know everything else, which I thought that was just like hit me right between the eyes. Why is it, and this is the basic of basic questions, and I apologize for asking these, but why is it so important to a person, the idea of knowing themselves? Um, why is that important? Well, because you are the center of your own universe, right? It's, it's a really interesting perspective. And I usually take a couple hours when I walk somebody through uh, what I'm trying to now condense into a few minutes. So like if I'm doing a live seminar, one of the things that I'll do is I'll say, everybody stand up, 
point your finger out in front of you. Keep your hand pointed like that and just turn 360 degrees around and realize that you are in the center of everything that you're observing. Now realize that everywhere you go in your life, you're in the center of everything that you're observing. And unless a person either realizes that on their own or somebody points that out to them, I don't think people actually realize that you're in this unique place as you, whatever constitutes you, of observing everything that's in your life. And you can literally ask the question, is everybody else observing what I'm observing the same way? And the answer to that is no, they're not. So how, are, how is it that we're observing things, right? What is the perception? Well, it's based on a couple of things. It's based on the meanings that were given to you about all the things that you're observing and perceiving in your life and who you actually think you are. So just for the sake of this, of this podcast, let's break it down to make this very simple. If you see yourself as a victim, you're going to perceive everything in the world as potentially keeping you a victim or not keeping you a victim. It's going to fall into those two buckets. If you don't see yourself as a victim, if, if you see yourself as being in your own power um, and you're seeing yourself with the personal responsibility of how you experience your own life, that allows you to see the world in a very different way. Because now you can actually see how can I actually go out into the world and be a benefit to everything. A victim sees the world in a way where they don't necessarily think how can they be a benefit to everything because many of the things that they're observing they believe are actually keeping them in whatever they feel that they're victimized by or victimized within, right? So when we understand ourselves, the truth is, is that it takes away the victimization. And when you realize that you're not a victim, and I'm not, and I want to say this in a way where, where almost everybody can hear this, even though I know that I can't control that. I am not saying that things that other people do that are not good or bad are okay. I'm not saying that in any way. But when you see yourself as not a victim, the potential for your life exponentially grows. And it allows you to really step into the full potential of what you're here for, what you want to do, how you actually want to live your life, the service, the benefit that you can actually become. If you don't see yourself that way, you're forever living your life in this push-pull of things happening to you and there's, there's perpetrators and it really limits what it is that you're actually going to do with your life because you are stuck by a story that you virtually can't get out of because the thing that's keeping you in the story in your perception is somebody else or something else. So knowing yourself is everything, right? Now, you could go down a lot of different roads with knowing yourself, but that's one that we're dealing with really big in the world right now. And if you, in order for a person to fulfill their purpose, to, to be what they want to be, to truly be of service, um, to actually own the power of their choice, they have to have some semblance of who they really are, and that needs to be based in truth. Otherwise, they're stuck in a story that just is extremely destructive. Yeah, well, that's brilliant. While you were talking, it it made me think of how when you when you specifically were mentioning if you 
you know, always find the neg. If you're a negative person, you're going to seek out the negative and verify that when you're looking outward from yeah. yourself. Victimization the same way. It kind of made me think of how early on in the pandemic I was, I became this formerly optimist, now completely pessimistic. And, and it was like every day was a struggle and I was just putting out more nonsense. And guess what? I was getting more nonsense back to me. And it made me realize that old phrase about, you know, looking through life with rose colored glasses. There is something to be said about, you know, unbridled optimism and finding the good in all situations. And I think that most people who listen to you probably are there already, but there's probably some people who, who aren't and can't figure out why they're getting such negativity back but look turn inward <laughs> like look at yourself in the mirror it is it is and and there's another step there because it's not um it's not looking for the good for the sake of the good because if you if if you still don't feel good about that on the inside there's something wrong and looking at the good's not going to change it it's about looking for the truth you know there's there's this old stoic saying that says know the truth and the truth will set you free it's about understanding the truth. So when you, when you ask me the question, why is knowing yourself so important? Because of knowing the truth about yourself is what's important. Knowing what's true and what's not true. It's not just about ideologies and changing them or being right or wrong. It, it's, I had, this, I had this, this question in my mind when I was a kid that I discovered later on what it was more concisely. But what it was was, damn it, what the hell is the truth? about this life that we're living. You know, what's the truth about everything that we're experiencing? And I didn't feel as a child that we knew that or that most people knew that. I felt something was very wrong, very wrong. I didn't know that it was most people have no idea what the truth is and that when you start to uncover that truth, everything that you're experiencing radically begins to change. Um, so so the, the idea now is that the more you want to know about yourself, the more you need to ask the question, what is the truth about this? Until you start really getting to the truth, and I and listen, when you start to understand the truth, you know it's the truth. There's a very different energy about the truth versus a story that you're convinced is true, right? And But you have to experience it to understand what that is. I love that you're already setting up next week's episode because we're going to be <laughs> talking specifically about truth okay. next week. So there I'll you go. Tu I'll yeah, tune it. in next week for sure. Well, let's pivot and uh, talk about in the episode, you mentioned the Silence of the Lambs, which perked my interest immediately because I'm a huge fan. And then you talked about Hannibal Lecter's advising Clarice to look towards simplicity. And before that, long before that, was clearly Marcus Aurelius and his first yeah. principles, which you're yeah. a huge star studier of, and in particular of each thing, what is it in itself? Right. Now, a person like me reads that, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is. It could be in a completely different language. You, on the other hand, know exactly what that means. So can you remind us what Marcus Aurelius is saying there uh, with this quote? And why well, it's, it's so the powerful? truth. It's, 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 it's the truth. It is the simple truth. The truth is not complicated. It's not complex. Um, and when you are, what he's basically saying is, what is the truth about this thing versus the, the falsehood? When you get to the truth, you, you know basically everything that there is to know about it because you know what's true and what's not true. You don't have to understand all the other things, but you know what's true. And then the way that they used it in that movie, I thought was actually very brilliant because in order to find that serial killer, Clarice needed to understand 
what was the first thing this person was doing that caused them to go into that abhorrent behavior, right? And the and and it was staring her right in the face, and he was trying to get her to actually see, you know, what it was, and he kept trying to nudge her, nudge her, nudge her in the way, and it was coveting, right? It was it was he was coveting in his mind what he saw sure. all the time, and then the idea was, what do we covet? We covet the things that are close to us, right? So this, these are people that he's around these people, and that's where he brought the Marcus Aurelius piece in, yeah, first I feel, principles. I feel like we always try to complicate the truth. <laughs> it's almost as if we look like, I, when you were saying that, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but is that sometimes the simplest you know, example of the truth is the correct one. Like usually, we, my head immediately goes to, well, that, that can't be right. That's, we gotta make this really complicated. And truth is truth, like right. you said. You know it when it happens. So it right. just made me think of that. Well, like, if so, so look at that for a second, because the, you're you're so right about we make things complicated. But you then you ask the question: Well, why is that that we make things complicated? And the reason that we make things complicated is because the subconscious mind is extraordinarily good at keeping us stuck in the patterns that we have developed to keep us safe. And if we complicate something, we can't get to the truth if the truth is different than the pattern that we're experiencing. So one of the first defensive mechanisms that the the subconscious mind will do is confuse. If we're confused, we're not going to stay confused long because confused doesn't feel good, so we're going to go to where we think we have clarity. The first place we have clarity is in our own pattern because we've been doing it for so long. It's not going to be in something that we're not familiar with, right? So the confusion, the complexity pulls us back to the ease of our own pattern. Man, yeah, yeah, it certainly does. (laughs) So for those who have not studied Marcus Aurelius's works, are, are there any other works you recommend or is it just these first principles that you studied and what can a person expect um, to get out of those teachings? Yeah, so let me let me tell you what the, if they want to, what is the name of the book? It's on the tip of my tongue here. Um, <laughs> I got to think of this for a second. That's all right. I don't think I have it on my phone. We'll find it. I do have a book that I recommend, and I'm, for some reason, I'm just—it's not just—it's coming to me. Yeah, he's got. A, I see. There's a lot of works about him. I'm trying to find like meditations. Yeah, well, they've been translated. Yeah, right? meditations. Sure. That's what it is. Meditations. Yeah, I would okay. start with meditations. Meditations is good. The essential Marcus Aurelius is good. I saw that one. Um, I that that's though that's where I would start because those have been uh, they have actually translated them. And they're, it's a really good place to start with meditations. It, it is, it'll make you think. You're going to have to sit with that for a while if you're not familiar with the work. Yeah, that's definitely making a study of those types of things because it's a little heady reading, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good to know because, like I said, I've never really studied much of Marcus Aurelius or any of his principle, <laughs> first principles, but when you Here's, brought that here, up. So let me make this very simple, actually. I could even make this more simple. All you have to do is look up Marcus Aurelius quotes. That would probably be the simplest, easiest way for a person to start to understand it because the quotes make a lot more sense to the average individual than if you start getting into the literature. Do the quotes. If the quotes resonate with you, then start getting into the literature because the literature is a little thick. 
um, based on the language that it was written in and how they had to translate it and the way that it talks. Uh, you know, you really, it's, it's not an easy read. Let me put it that way. So if, if, if it's not an easy read for most people, they'll toss it aside and they'll say, screw this. The quotes are an easy read. But if you get into the material and it's not easy and you throw it away, then it doesn't really do any good at all. Yeah, like the universe is change, our life is what our thoughts make it. Or the soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. Like these quotes are amazing. Yeah, I would never I never would have thought to to, you know, Google Marcus Aurelius quotes yeah. and to see the gems that are there. Yeah, they're gems. Did someone push you in that direction? Did you stumble upon it yourself? Stumbled like, upon it myself. That's somewhere. great. Yeah. yeah. So every now and again you just do something yeah. that amazes well, yourself. Well, early you know? so so a long time ago when I first started studying, I didn't know where to I didn't know what to study. So I studied some of the things that I had heard about, like the ancient philosophers and stuff like that. And then that's how I came across him, you know? Sure. So, and then there's Seneca and, you know, like yes. they're all of the ancient guys are out there. was all books on them, right? So you can get them and read them and it's, it's fantastic stuff. Yeah. It was one of the coolest classes I took when I was in college. I took a humanities course and we were studying from Plato and Socrates and all these yeah, mega yeah. minds and, you know, learning about what these words meant and breaking down like sentences. It wasn't even right, a chapter. Yes, it was yes, a sentence yeah. and how powerful that is so definitely check those out Marcus really there's for a sure. lot of the early wisdom came from those philosophers and there you know there's some of the stuff over the years I've, I've changed my mind on but they were still dealing with the world the way that they knew it at that time um, because here's the thing there's not a whole lot of places to go. Like if you want to start getting into the roots of where this came from, you're either going to go to the philosophers and work your way into the modern age from there, or you're going to go to religions and work your way into the modern age from there. There's nowhere else to right. go. So you have to go into literature that, that is available. Sure. Absolutely. Well, here's a brilliant quote that I pulled out from this particular episode. Uh, the truth is simple. Lies and falsehood are complicated. The truth takes you to the core of the issue and how to fix it or change it is there as well. Um, the truth comes from knowing yourself completely. Um, if that's the case, so here's the question, why do so many people shy away from the truth? Is it merely programming or is it done out of fear of what they might see when they start diving into the truth about themselves? So there's this idea that there's this fear about diving into the truth. And I do think that there is some, there is some truth to that with certain things because um, especially when you're dealing with, so if you're not going like to the absolute truth of what you are as a soul being, but you're going into the truth of what has made you up as a person, that's where it can get very tough for people because there's all these things that made us up into the person that we are now. And they're not all easy things to look at depending on how you were raised and the things that you've done. But if you don't look at the truth of them, you're never going to heal them and really get to how do I create myself as the person that I really want to be. But even more so, the idea that the subconscious mind does not want you to remove these patterns is the most important thing that you need to understand at first because it's not about the content of the patterns, it's the pattern themselves. It's a pattern itself. We learn these patterns as a way to move safely through the world with the idea that the parent was supposed to gradually teach you enough of the truth and enough confidence in applying it in your life that you could take care of yourself. When that didn't happen, you have a child that turns into an adult and applies the patterns that they learned to survive their childhood. So when you had a dysfunctional childhood, 
Nobody taught you how to have functional patterns as an adult. You developed patterns just to be able to get through the childhood. Well, they don't work as an adult. That's why you have those adults have so many problems in their life because the only thing that they know how to do is to keep replicating the pattern from their childhood. And they don't even know they're doing it, right? This just seems like life to them, you know? But that's actually what's happening. So if you then try to look at what's causing this, why am I doing this, your subconscious mind has no pattern for you living your life without that. So it does not want you to go into a place where you don't have a pattern. It keeps figuring out how to get you back into the pattern. So it does that by getting you to go into what we call thought agreement. If you agree with it, where are you agreeing from? You're agreeing from the knowledge and the patterns that you've already learned. So it got you back in it again. And then you stay in there. And that's why it's hard that's why it's hard to break out of the patterns. And then once you do break out of that pattern, you know, it's easy for you to recognize in the moment if you're being sucked right back in and you can hopefully head it off at the past. When you, get you there. break out of the pattern and you start to be aware of what's actually happening and you start to be aware of the truth, you cannot unsee that again. Right? right. And that's the that is the big shift that happens for most people when they when they break out. You see things for what they really are for the first time in your life, but you can't unsee it. So now the pattern does not have the strength that it did before. The pattern had the strength of the lie that you believed in. But once you see the truth, the lie doesn't have the power anymore. So that's, you know, that's kind of how that works. Yeah, and, and literally it's a light bulb moment. I've had, I've had situations that have come up over the last five years where I can see myself going into that old pattern and realize, not maybe not instantaneously, but within a, a matter of moments, be like, oh, it's happening yep, again. Yes, and yes. then you're like, oh, normally I would have done this, but now I can choose a different right. way. So that is like freedom. To me, that's complete it freedom. It is complete freedom because now you can actually bring conscious choice into what you're doing before you were, yeah. you were just bringing your reaction yeah. to it. That was right. your only exactly. option. Yeah. And I noticed this, um, now being around family as well, like being around family because you're, you see them no longer as the little kid who they raised, but you're as the adult who's gone through a tremendous amount of growth and you see that they're trying to pull you in. Like I love my mom dearly, but she starts every sentence with, do you remember when, yeah. do you remember when that's her whole narrative? And she does it to make herself feel good and bring her back to the time when she had her boys. But for me, it's like, Oh, I, I didn't call her out on a but I was like, man, do we have to do another, do you remember? Like, <laughs> and, and I know she's just doing that to, yeah. you know, to be a part of my life still, but it, and, and which I'm happy about, but it really is interesting to see how you can easily be pulled in. Like I remember even Steph, who's a, a master of knowing herself and her mindset. When we get around certain people in her family that are talking about, you know, buying mayonnaise from the scratch and dance store and clipping coupons to save $3 off whatever can of food, uh, you start to immediately within hours start having those conversations, right. her and I, and it's like, oh my God, we, we need to be aware and whoop, we become aware of it and we move through it. But it's just really interesting how that is how our minds work yeah. and that programming and it is shows, so powerful. Like with your mom, it shows that she knows how to relate to you much better remembering when yes. than she does now because she has no context for now. Right. It's not part of her life. Yeah. It's part of your life. True. You have grown. So she sees you intermittently within that growth, but not going through the growth. Yeah. So because she hasn't done that herself, it's easy to relate to her son when she knew her son 
the way she knew him. Yes, right. Totally. That's what that, is. that makes total sense. Yeah. Well, that's that's fantastic. Well, in the episode, gets back to Howard. You did do a brief teaching out of the power of your supermind, and specifically this prove yourself wrong to be right. Can you say more about that? Because it confused me. Well, so here's the thing. When, whenever, you're do, whenever you're trying to grow, one of the things that happens is that the subconscious is working, it's trying to work this pattern to keep you stuck in the pattern itself. And like I said a couple of minutes ago, the way that, one of the ways that it's doing it is that it gets you to observe things that you're doing and gets you to agree with something that's coming up that's emotional for you about that thing. The second that it does that, it's got you back in an old pattern, right? But for usually for the individual, it feels good because it feels like a moment of clarity. If we will take something that we're struggling with and instead of looking for the truth in it, prove that you're wrong, right? Look for the evidence that this isn't correct in order for you to be able to see something differently, because most people won't do that, right? They just want enough evidence that they can agree with, and then they shut everything down. But very often, if we will say, okay, I'm going to sit with this until there's enough evidence to prove that I'm not correct about this, because then I'm kind of forced to change my mind over it. But either way, what you're doing is you're providing a different uh, context, or, or I should say, um, it's kind of a different construct of information in which for you to analyze or ask a different question. So it's another way to approach it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this episode was full of little one-off lines that we could dedicate entire episodes to if we wanted to. That was, that was basically one of them, prove yourself wrong to be right. And here was another one that especially jumped out at me. If we're not content without it, we will not be content with it. And I see this as it relates to achieving success and perhaps even making more money. Everybody thinks that I just need to make more money and right. me being an asshole is no longer going to be an issue because I'm going to be so happy because I'm wealthy. Guess what? Now you just have a rich asshole. So if you weren't happy, and use the word content there, without it, there is no reason to believe you will be with it. Can you talk about where that sweet spot for contentment is for you and how you achieved yours? Like, where did you get to that level of contentment? Because I have to believe that early on when you were first starting out, it wasn't always readily available. No, it's, it's not because the idea is what is it that you think the thing is going to give you? The money, the relationship, the house, the car, whatever it is. Most people are going after those things for the wrong reasons. And it will, it will be based in whatever meaning that you have given those things throughout your lifetime. And what you're really doing is you're trying to satisfy the insecurity or the falseness of that meaning. For instance, let's say that you don't, you, you don't love yourself. And let's say that you are afraid to be alone. You're very much going to be pushed to try to find a relationship where somebody is verifying to you that you're lovable and that they won't leave, you know? So here's the issue. When you get into that relationship, it's not going to go well because you don't love yourself. So you're not going to be content in that relationship because you're not solving the problem. 
you are solving it the way you think you were supposed to. So you solve the problem. You think that's going to give you something that it's not going to give you. The only, that's why if you get it, you won't be content with it. You're not content without it, and you're not content with it because the thing is not the thing that makes you content. It would be loving yourself and learning how to be alone with yourself without being disturbed where you have to distract yourself to do something. And you can look at that with every physical thing in life. The question is, why do you want the thing that you want? Now, in the beginning, one of the things, like very, very early on, uh, being a millionaire, yeah, because then it I don't have to look at money. I don't ever have to worry about money again. I can spend it endlessly and never run out. And there's nothing further from the truth you'd end up with that money and you'd be more nervous than you were without it because you'd be scared to death that it was going to run out and then it would and you'd be a damn mess. So how can you feel secure and content without it, right? You can because if you understand and learn how to bring those things into your life based on responsibility and discipline and all the things that actually do it, you now master the thing that you're afraid of, which is not having it at all. So that is where we get content in our knowledge, our awareness, and our skill set, and it's not based in the thing itself. Yeah, so it's basically love yourself, which leads us back to know thyself. You have to know yeah, yourself, absolutely. fall in love with yourself, and if a person out there listening right now is not in love with their, themselves, is there something they can do maybe just to get to that place where they do fall Except. in love? Acceptance. Accept. When Acceptance. you don't love yourself, you're rejecting part of yourself or parts of yourself. So loving, really loving yourself is not about being perfect. It's about accepting yourself as who you are. So that's when we, when we talked about other people that I've studied in my life that I found fascinating. That's one of the fascinating things about them is that they were not perfect people by any stretch of the imagination. But they loved who they were and they accepted the good, the bad, and the ugly. The idea is that you accept yourself. And part of that is accepting what you want in life, right? What you really want, not what other people have told you that you want, but what you truly want in life. When you, when you really start working on accepting yourself, then you're seriously making progress in the loving yourself. Because you're not rejecting parts of yourself where you made mistakes or parts of yourself that you don't like or parts of yourself that haven't changed or what somebody else told you about you. You're 100% comfortable in where you are and you know that life is a process of learning and making mistakes and growing and there's no reason to reject yourself at that point. You're at a higher awareness. So it's it's all starts with accepting yourself. Love that. And it, and it takes courage to do that it because does. the majority of people like we've talked about before, it's the highlight reel on social media about all the things that are going great. But the reality is that's all bullshit because deep down they're miserable because they got 50 other things going on in their life. They don't necessarily love themselves, but they want everybody else to think they do. And that is just a very, very dangerous game that they're playing right, right. there. So. And, and what's even worse about it is that part of, part of the acceptance in our interaction with human beings was the stage and the step where we learn how to be vulnerable with people and we learn how to listen and we learn how to be in an interactive environment with other individuals. Technology has done something. The dangerous part about it is that 
we've we have literally forsaken the vulnerability part and we can stand behind a mask permanently and say this is who we are and we don't ever get challenged on the vulnerability because nobody's there to challenge us so we can keep the bullshit out in front and never get challenged by it if we're in a relationship at some point that's going to that's going to disintegrate yeah. it's either going to blow up in my face or your face or you're going to challenge me or I'm going to challenge you something's going to happen to expose that I'm not being vulnerable in what it is that I'm trying to cover up. You're not on internet. It's not. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Vulnerability is such a superpower that I work on as much as possible. <laughs> I'm still not hundred percent there yet, but I will get there. So, well, this has been a great episode. Know thyself. This was wonderful. Thanks for coming inside. David. You bet. Thanks for listening to the successful mind podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, Go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.